Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 14th of August, year of our Lord, 2020. Happy Friday. Thank you very, very much for tuning in to another episode of Shoot the J. Today, believe it or not, this is just a Pistons episode. That's all that I'm going to be. It's just Pistons. I know uh, it recently... It, granted, there hasn't been a lot of reason to talk about the Pistons. Uh, I've been sort of jumping around topic to topic, even straying away from basketball completely with the last episode with James, which, again, I apologize. I don't know what happened with the synchronization with the audio. Uh, it just sounded like I was cutting him off all the time. Don't really know what happened. Hopefully it won't happen again. Uh, today, I am going to be uh, sort of expanding on an article that I put out for Piston Powered today where I talked about the domino effect that was caused by the Detroit Pistons making the playoffs uh, last season in 2019. And I think when you really go into it, when you when you first hear that, uh, maybe not a lot's going to come to mind. Really, when you sort of, I guess, take a step back and analyze it, there's a lot more to it. And I, and I think it's really, really interesting. So if you already read that article, I apologize. This is essentially just going to be, I guess, me expanding on it a little bit more because um, there are certain things that I don't exactly know how to articulate uh, and, and, and you, things can't be conveyed the way that I want them to be uh, if it's not through my voice, if you're not hearing my words. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So let's flash back. It's opening night. Uh, of the 2018-2019 season, Pistons fans are uh, there's a there's more optimism, I guess. I don't know if it was more that this year than it was last year, but there was optimism, uh, undoubtedly, because Blake Griffin finally had an off season under his belt, and in theory, a front court pairing of Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Like we knew we weren't going to run the table, but we thought that there was something there. In a best case scenario, you make a little bit of noise, right? Um, so Ish Smith goes down with an injury, uh, which, I, and I'm, I'm kind of messing up the timeline. I'm just kind of trying to speed along because we know how last season went. You know, Blake is amazing to open the year, has the 50 game, uh, in it against Philadelphia. Uh, but the main thing that ended up happening was Ish Smith goes down with an injury and the season kind of gets derailed a little bit. And then Blake Griffin averaging what, 24 and a half points, seven and a half boards and 5.4 assists, I believe. Uh, you know, ends up having the season of his career, arguably lands a third team all NBA honor, gets onto the all star team. Like we know how good Blake Griffin was last year. But when you get into like that final 10 game stretch, Blake has a knee injury. And when you get to that stretch, uh, the, I should add the Ish Smith injury was important because it kind of it put a damper on the season. And we were kind of like, oh, where are we going to go? Blake even said it himself that we we're a team that season specifically that needed every single person to be healthy, uh, and and we weren't. And it wasn't as bad as it was this year, but it wasn't great. And it kind of made you question where we were going to go. And when you get into that final 10-game stretch and it's either, you know, there's one side of the of the aisle, um, make the playoffs, right? You, you got to do it. Give the give the young guys some experience and, and, and see what you can do. Is, are you going to lose to Milwaukee? Yeah, nine, 99 times out of 100, you're going to lose to Milwaukee. But let's just see where we go with it. Uh, and then the other side was having a uh, falling into the lottery and having that even 1% chance at drafting Zion Williamson. Uh, you'd rather have that. Now, at the time, I actually understood that rationale, and I, and I, I appreciated it, but I disagreed with it entirely. So what ends up happening? Well, the Pistons make the playoffs. Uh, it came down to the last game of the season, if memory serves, for the Pistons. Uh, you beat the New York Knicks. Luke Kennard puts up like 27 or 28. Plays really well. Everybody plays really well. You play the Knicks. You beat them. You get into the playoffs for the first time since 2016. And what happens? Well, once again, you get swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. Not once again. It was to the Cavs last time. But once again, you get swept. Um, so the thing with that was Blake's knee. 
right? He misses the first two games in Milwaukee. And then you come back to Detroit, and he plays the, the, both those games. And I don't want to say played incredibly well, but he, he was amazing, right, given the circumstances. He had a knee brace that was the, 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 the width of Woodward Avenue itself. Um, and he did out there, and, and he willed the team to whatever performance that they actually had. And then game, intermittently throughout games three and four, and, and mainly four, it actually kind of felt like, uh, there's a chance, right? You're going to steal maybe one game. And uh, did it happen? No. And I remember, you know, I can never find the source on this, but I remember we were told, we kept hearing, Blake is going to play because he cannot do any more damage to his knee than what is already done. Nothing is really going to come out of it if he plays. Like, it's not going to be – he's going to be in pain, but it's like he's not going to make it worse. Okay, great. I guess there's if he, if he feels up to it, if he wants to do it, is there really a reason that he's not going to play? And then he did, so – you love Blake Griffin for that. Uh, you make the playoffs, which secures the 15th overall pick in the draft, where the Pistons uh, eventually go on to draft Sekou Dumbuya, a guy who they had in their top five uh, on their personal boards. So here's the thing. This is where the first domino, uh, I guess, begins to fall, is if you did fall into the lottery instead of making the playoffs, the draft order could look completely different, right? The Pistons aren't just at 14. Like, the Pelicans won 35 games and got first overall, right? That was the first year. Last year was the first year of the new structure. So would that have been the Pistons? Uh, no, it probably would not have been. But in theory, it could have been, right? And then everything's different. Players are drafted in different areas, and Sekou could have gone earlier, as was originally projected. So you could end up, sure, with a Cam Johnson or a Tyler Hero or, I don't know, you could also come up with a miss. Like, I don't want to call Romeo Langford a miss or Nasir Little a miss, but you, for all intents and purposes, you understand what I mean. Um you know, things shake out in a bunch of different ways. And what ended up happening, well, the Pistons ended up getting the guy that they wanted all along at 15. It was a consensus belief that the Pistons had the steal of the draft at that point. And by the time the night had concluded, I believe that was still the belief. The Pistons got the best player in the draft uh, at that position for where the Pistons picked. Uh, so then you go into the following season, this most recent season, and we're kind of thinking if everybody's healthy, you retooled a little bit, you got Derrick Rose. Uh, Luke Kennard's set for like a breakout year. Now, obviously everybody gets hurt again, but the main one was it's evident from the jump from preseason game number one, Blake Griffin's not okay. He can't elevate. General movement seems strenuous for him. Uh, it's just difficult. Like the guy can't play the game of basketball. And it's it's like it's bad, and it's like hurting the play of everybody else because Blake just literally can't do anything at all. Now, eventually, yes, he undergoes – because he, he missed, I believe, the first 10 games of the year. I think it was at the 10th or 11th game mark uh, on the year that he returned. I, I, I could be completely wrong. That's just for off the top of my head. It was something around there. Uh, he ends up electing to undergo season-ending surgery – uh, in December, which was his second major knee surgery in eight months, because obviously I forgot to mention, but everybody knows he did have surgery after the Buck series. Uh, so Blake Griffin getting injured. This is where another domino begins to fall. Uh, it sort of really kind of put into perspective where Detroit was at and what they needed to be do, because it was like a week after he officially undergoes that surgery that a rumor comes out, uh, like in a, a credible rumor. Like, you know, Bleach Report, all these, uh, I guess, credible aggregates are, are all over it. That Andre Drummond is now available in trade talks, which is like a huge step. Because you know if Andre's gone, okay, Detroit is really, they're doing this thing. Like, they're going to really complete do a 180 and just try to rebuild. Uh, so it did take a month and a half. But as soon as the February 6th trade deadline arrived, 
sure enough, there's Andre Drummond, and he's gone, and he's a Cleveland Cavalier. And there's the other domino where now the Pistons are forced into this rebuild. I, don't, I guess I don't, maybe forced isn't the right word, but through the injuries that they endured with Reggie Jackson, uh, Luke Kennard, Blake Griffin, even Derek was in and out of a few games. Um, I mean, everybody was hurt. It, it, it's a dartboard. If you have a, if you have a, 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 a Piston player's name, Unlike everything, on you throw the dart, and it's whoever lands on that person missed some time this year with an injury. Um, so that was sort of the, I guess if you want to call it the final nail in the coffin on the Pistons season, even though we already knew it was over. That was the moment where like, okay, th- we're finally going to tank. Uh, at this point, we're just going for a draft pick because, you know, it, you can be happy as a Pistons fan that they finally take this direction, but also be kind of upset, I guess, that the product that you're watching is by no stretch of the imagination formidable. Um, so that it wasn't fun, right? But let's just break this back down. The Pistons make the playoffs a year ago, which let them draft Sekou, which also made Blake Griffin not be able to play basketball the following year, which forced Detroit to trade Andre Drummond, amongst other things. Forced Detroit to trade Andre Drummond, which forced them to completely buy into a rebuild. Is the price of that? Is the price of making the playoffs worth it at this point and getting that sweep? I mean. I guess I still maintain that it was the right move given all the stuff. Like if you, the, the same people who wanted the Pistons to miss the playoffs were the same ones that wanted them to rebuild in the first place. Well, you got what you wanted and we got a pretty darn good player in the draft with Seku. And by the, my best approximation, we're probably going to get a pretty good guy this year too. You can say it's an underwhelming draft class all you want, but we're going to be excited pretty much regardless of who it is. There's a large contingency of people, myself included, who if it ends up being like James Wiseman, I don't, you know, you're not going to be very happy, but uh, otherwise, you know, the way that things have shaked out as a result of the Pistons making the playoffs a season ago, uh, you know, how, how mad can you really be? Uh, it would have been nice to have Blake at all this year. It would have been nice to see this team that, that they constructed last offseason, last summer, and see what they could really do if they were healthy. But again, this is the problem when you construct a roster whose success is so heavily contingent on your team's ability to stay healthy, right? And you're surrounding this same team with a bunch of players who, well, they can't really stay healthy. They've had this this long history of, uh, of injuries. And people worry about that with Luke moving forward. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit biased. I'm not really all that concerned about it, to be honest. I think the bilateral knee tendonitis is just kind of a thing that it just happens from usage, I believe. I don't remember. I talked to someone about this who would actually know, and they kind of gave me a reason to feel a little bit better about it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm even actually using Luke Kennard as an example, you know, he, he I guess, used his minutes in the playoffs. Uh, semi-value. How, how do I want to articulate this? Luke Kennard used his minutes in games one and two in a way that is productive, to his overall basketball character and product, which is why we sort of, one of the many reasons why we thought he was going to have a breakout year this year. And he showed us that he was about to, right, in that that opening game against the Pacers when he has 30 points, and I know a lot of them were either from the line or from the three-point line, and sometimes you have to hide him on defense, and that's something that he has to improve on. But uh, ultimately, Luke Kennard is a guy who's going to give you, you know, 17 to 20 points a game, and that's someone who you want moving forward. And if if it comes down to it on draft night, where you can secure another pick. Uh, really, I think the only way that you're going to be able to do that is by trading Luke, or obviously if you wanted to trade Seku, you would be able to get another pick out of him, but that's off the table completely. Um, so really, unfortunately, for my sake, the only way that you can do that is by shipping off Luke Kennard. I don't know that there's really going to be many other pieces uh, that people would be interested in. 
Uh, I guess, you know, Derrick Rose, but the Pistons don't really have any incentive to trade him right now, I, I don't really think. And, and for all intents and purposes, like, he wants to play here. Um, I, I would hope that there's, like, a sort of mutual – uh, like a respect and agreement like we know that you're in a really good situation in Detroit and you know that like let's just kind of ride this out and if you want to just hang out here for a while that's cool if you want to leave if you end up wanting to go try and play for a contender we respect that as well I'm almost uh, 100% confident that the Pistons would be able to to find something uh, a, a little bit more attractive than that Andre Drummond deal for Derrick Rose I wouldn't say the same thing about Blake Griffin but um, and, and then just, I guess, going back to the Luke Kennard thing, uh, if you're trading Luke Kennard, here's the thing that kind of, I guess, confuses me and worries me. If you're trading him, you're probably just going to get another wing. So you're looking at hypothetically Isaac Okoro, right? So you're just because they quote unquote play defense, but they're not as good as Luke offensively. So it's like, you're just getting a different player. Who's good at a different thing. Like I think Isaac Okoro is as good defensively as, as Luke is offensively, if that makes sense. And I think, to me at least, that's pretty much going to be the case with no matter who you get. Um, so I would not really be all that enthused if it, if it, if a trade goes down on draft night, but I also understand the necessity of getting an additional pick because it sort of alleviates the necessity to absolutely nail your first pick, even though the pressure is still going to be there because it's, I mean, it's going to be a top 10 pick, top nine pick guaranteed, and fingers crossed it's, you know, going to be somewhere in that top five. So we're going to find out in about nine days. I'm sorry, six days, not nine days. Um, I was thinking 10 is a week. No, uh, six days we're going to figure out where exactly the Detroit Pistons are going to pick. Uh, with that in mind, though, folks, a uh, very short episode today, as has become customary with Shoot the J. If you made it this far from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much for listening. I will catch you. Also, a bubble recap going to come soon. I was going to do it with James. Um, we're going to figure that out. But I should probably do it after the uh, play-in games happen because I have a whole spiel I want to talk about with the with the Portland-Brooklyn game last night. Uh, but anyways, folks, that's going to come soon. If you made it this far, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much for listening. I will catch you guys in the next one.